Yeah. All right. We'll do it after this then. I'll be about an hour or so. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. <clears throat> All right. You ready to go, Reg? You in there? Keep those levels right where they're at. Oh, look at you with your submarine sandwich. It's been a while. You can eat and hit, what, the four buttons that you need to hit every day, right? <laughs> All right. You can, you, can, you can chew a sandwich and, and you can chew and, and, hit, and hit knobs, right? Turn knobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll give you the, um, the three S's in the countdown. You give me the music and I'll give you a podcast. How's that? You can eat your sandwich and hit your knobs. <laughs> All right. Put it in the book. Episode 283. Here we go. Ready? Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We're there. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. But it doesn't stop there, does it? Nope. I'm always asking for more. So get out there and spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your neighbors. Tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Why the heck isn't it theirs? Your loyalty and devotion is always, always much, much appreciated. Also, if you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com, go to the podcast section, hit the prompt for this podcast, and you will find all, hopefully, 282 episodes. Been doing this for more than five years now. So if you're not up to date, start binging, start nibbling, start chewing on those old podcasts. Find out what we did before so you can figure out what we're going to do next. Let's see. I think there's 282 in there, I said. Yeah, so could only mean one thing. Welcome to episode 283. So what I wanted to talk about today basically is... uh, Another one of those little reality sandwiches that we get every so often, especially when you you start to get a little older, you start to um, feel your not. I'm not necessarily feeling my mortality, but certainly feeling, uh, you know, a little older at times. Not all the time, but there are times when you are faced with that. A few podcasts ago, I was mentioning how I was waiting in line to take a blood test at a hospital, and I was just happening to overhear the people registering to do whatever they, whatever test they needed to take. And I was listening and I was hearing them mention their dates of birth. And I was shocked when I saw them physically, I thought they were much older than me. And then I, some of these people, I was 20 years older then. So it actually made me feel good in some ways because I, I felt like, well, geez, I, I'm not in that bad of shape health wise. So that's good. But at the same time, I was like, wow, I'm 20 years or 15 years or five years older than that person. Wow. I didn't think that. So every so often you are um, confronted with, whether you're asking for it or not, these little reminders that you've been around for a while. 
<laughs> I'm still getting used to the fact that, for instance, 1980, which I have very clear memories of, a lot of cool things happened to me. A lot of fun things and memorable things happened to me in 1980. And I remember them like they were yesterday. And I can't believe those were 41 years ago. Wow. Holy smokes. So, yeah, there's every so often um, they, these little moments happen if you're aware of them and, and you're kind of r- reminded that uh, you've been around for a while. You don't really, I think the first time I really felt not old. I still don't feel old, even though I guess I would be considered. I don't know. Well, I don't know what old is anymore. Let's not even get into it. But I think, you know, when you when you turn 18, there's a, there's a sense of that. And then, of course, when you turn 21, that's a big deal because you can legally drink and everybody gets all excited about that. And then I think those those big zero numbers, those when you're 30, you're like, okay, I'm not a kid anymore. And then when you're 40, you go, mm, okay. Um, and then when you're 50, you start saying, well, you know, 50, you know, 50 is the new 30. That's when you start doing that crap, which is BS. Cause if I was 30, I would be very insulted that a 50 year old thinks that they're as young looking and as active as I am. So, you know, stay with your own age. Give me a break. 50 is not the new 30. It's not, it's 50 is 50 and 30 is 30 and there's no new anythings. That's that's for the desperate. Oh, yeah, you know, 65 is the new 35. No, it isn't. You're telling a 35-year-old that they're on par with a 65-year-old. A 35-year-old doesn't want to hear that. So, no, no, I, I don't go for that. No can do. But um, if you've been listening to me with, with any kind of regularity over the years on the radio or on this podcast... Uh, you know that I fashion myself and take pride in uh, being somewhat of a, a pop culture expert, observer, knowledgeable, certainly with opinions. And a byproduct of being that pop culture guru, I mean, I even got a, you know, a, a, a segment on this podcast, regular segment called the Pop Culture Club, where I talk specifically about pop culture things with uh, with Emily Arminetti and with Mick Kaler. So, um I, I have I am deeply rooted in pop culture. Have been since a little kid, and you know, music, movies, television, theater, uh, fads, you know, books, you name it. Uh, uh, whatever's in the pop culture zeit, zeitgeist, I have I've I've tried to have my finger on the pulse of it, and through that, I've also I consider myself a, a, a pop culture trivia expert because i haven't just observed all these things for the last several decades but i've i've made a point to know and learn quite a bit about them and i've written about them and spoken about them and you name it and and the one good thing is that i have a pretty good memory my memory is a steel trap i I have to say that i don't know why or how but i've always had a very good memory i don't know if i have a a necessarily i think i I don't know what the what the textbook definition is of a photographic memory but i do know that i do see things i can picture things and i could see the name so i don't know if if the vision, like the, the the photographic memory that I have, I don't know if, if 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 it falls in that. Maybe some people have some real clear thing. I don't really, I don't see it right in front of me. But if I 
can imagine hard i can i can in in my mind's eye i can see things the way they are street sign a book uh you know where thing is where something is i i have a very good memory always have and uh, i remember when i was in grammar school and in high school they used to take remember those generalized tests you used to take they weren't necessarily iq tests but i think they were they were tests more for the school systems to get data as to how well are children learning and in what areas are they more adept at? And there used to be these general tests that you take on a one or two day period, and they would be on different subjects, you know, math and spelling and English and science and geography and current events and history. And I always, I always did well on those, but I always did the best on reading comprehension. I just... If I, read, if I read something or I see something, I'm very visual. And so if I see it or read it, I remember it. And it stays in there. And some stuff has been in there for many decades. I can still sing the, the, the TV jingles of products that haven't been on the market for, for decades. I still remember their commercials by heart. I was born and raised watching television and that stuff really stuck and I've always been a reader and I like I said I'm very visual so if I see a movie I remember things about it if I you know there's TV shows like the honeymooners and Andy Griffith and Dick Van Dyke and the odd couple and so many others that I can I can almost recite the dialogue of episodes verbatim almost every every episode I see certainly certain scenes and the same thing with movies especially those that I've seen many times but I and it's it, it, so I've always had a very good memory, which makes makes it good to be you know to have in terms of being trivia because I've, I've 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 sought out information about all these topics as well and learned about them on my own. But I've retained that um, that knowledge and those those details and facts as well. And so yeah, I mean for in the in the uh, in the mid eighties and early nineties when. Trivial Pursuit and all those board games about trivia started to crop up and were the the rage. Oh man, uh, you know I was I just dominated those people. I you know I, I used to take on it used to be me against five people as a team in some games. I was uh, I was always very good at trivia. And now of course there's a lot of these trivia nights, which is what I want to talk about. So I've always considered myself uh, a a trivia expert. Certainly on pop culture, sports, you name it. I've always been very interested. I've done my research um, to find out about those things, and and thankfully my memory has helped me retain them. It's helped me uh, in many ways. I've been writing about pop culture and things um, and speaking about them on the radio, writing about them in publications. Certainly come, my memory has certainly come in very handy with my acting experience. I'm able to um, to memorize lines pretty quickly. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that I have that, that memory and that, that, that sharp memory. And it's still been around. I still think I have pretty good reading retention. But I, it is funny how I am more visual. If I hear something, it doesn't stick in as much as I visually read it or if I write it down. Very visual. So anyway, um, what I want to talk about is the combination of the aging process and the trivia process. <laughs> now you say, Jim, how the heck do those two ever combine? Well, as I just said, 
They combine when you are involved in a trivia contest. As I said, uh, I have always enjoyed, you know, you know, you know, sharing that information and and being considered, you know, that person that you go to uh, if somebody has a musical question, someone has a movie question, someone has a sports question. They always, hey, you know, you 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 probably know this, and and more times than not, I do know it. And as I said, I, that's sort of been my thing, if you will. But I have noticed one thing. I don't know as much as I used to. Now, I guess that makes sense, right? But I, I mean, shouldn't you know as much? Shouldn't you always keep wanting to know, or shouldn't you know more? You should always be learning. But I have to—I have to be honest with you. Uh, as much as a pop culture guru as I as I, you know, want to be and as I consider myself being, I do have to admit that when it comes to the pop culture doings of the last several years, I am not as on top of and adept as much as I was. Now, I think that that's natural. When you're growing up, you know, you're in the either the emerging generation or you're in the 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 dominant generation up until, you know, your mid 30s and early 40s. And then when you get into your 40s and your 50s, you know, there there's there's another generation, maybe another generation and a half that are beginning now to exert their power and their influence. And they're driving the pop culture train now. And you're still on the train. And for the most part, you know, you you but you're not leading it anymore. You're you're a passenger. But you're not the conductor. You're not the engineer. When you're in your teens and your 20s and your 30s and maybe even your 40s, you're still in the driver's seat. But when you get into your mid-40s and then into your early 50s or so, you are a passenger on the pop culture train. So first of all, I think it's important that you acknowledge that. Now, you don't have to be. in ter- You have to shut everything off. There are many people in their 70s and 80s who remain in the pop culture zeitgeist and they remain relevant and they, they, they make an effort to, to get engaged and to know about what's going on and appreciate it. And that's great. Um, I find myself now there, there used to be a time, you know, I like, like my, my mom, my mom and dad's generation, the, the greatest generation, if you will, the, the world war two generation, they seem to shut everything off. Like when they when they were like thirty, you know, they just shut it off. They didn't. I mean, they they did, but they didn't. They didn't really pay attention. There was a, especially in the in the fifties and sixties, there was such a uh, th- that whole rock and roll generation, that whole revolution that that began with Elvis and then was just uh, built upon and elevated and amplified by the Beatles. That really shook the 
the entire pop culture, the entire culture. It shook the establishment. It shook everything. Because there, there were always generation gaps, but the gaps were never that big. You know, before the 50s and certainly the 60s, children, you know, there's an, that old saying, children were meant to be seen and not heard. The, 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 the likes and the wants and the desires and the interests of young people in our culture were never that prominent or given a high priority until the 50s and 60s until the baby boomer generation that was so big out of the sheer numbers because so many babies were, thus the name, were conceived and born right after World War II. So by the time the mid-50s came, you figure World War II ended in 1945. So by the time the mid-50s came, 1957 or 58, right when Elvis is around in 55, you've got a whole generation of kids and there is a huge number of them. You know, everybody came home from the war and uh, they made up for lost time. That's where the term baby boomers come. There was a baby boom. So not only did they have the numbers, the sheer numbers, but then because of the, the, the power and the prominence that the United States gained after World War II, um, the economy began to, to flourish. Uh, there was disposable income. And suddenly, uh, there was more attention paid on children. Children were not just seen and not heard. They were beginning to be heard, and they were beginning to to make their voices heard in a very real way. And then obviously that, that came to its height in the 60s, and when those baby boomer kids were now in their 20s and 18 and 20, and now they were in college, and then they started the protests and everything, and they were and getting jobs, and they were they were becoming parts of the system not just fringe parts that were around but major parts they were getting married they were breadwinners they were influencing things and um and so when that whole thing began to to take shape the 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 thoughts and the dreams and the goals and the aspirations of the younger generation were very different from their parents and before children were were raised to be many versions of their parents and so while there certainly there was always some some rebelliousness in young people there always is but it was more it was tempered and it was kind of it was not encouraged and it was if if it it, it, it it was stomped down and so many times while there was a generation gap, the gap wasn't that big for many centuries and decades because, as I said before, children were raised to be many versions of their parents, to look and to act like them. They weren't encouraged to to speak their mind or to find their own way or to um, to nurture their own interests. They were were taught to emulate their parents rather than follow their own aspirations. So when the baby boomers by sheer number and then by sheer support and encouragement were allowed to let their thoughts 
and aspirations and opinions be heard, but also start to drive the culture, that did shake things up. And that's why, you know, Elvis Presley was considered a, you know, when he first started, was considered a scourge on, on you know, the, the culture. And later the Beatles, uh, because this, is, this was a major shift. There's still a generation gap, but at least, you know, uh, we're all in the same, we're, you know, and, and, and there's certainly a generation gap with people now in their, in their teens and 20s and even 30s and people in their 50s and 60s um, because of the fact that there's been such a, I believe, there's been such a complete uh, condemnation and rejection of whatever's happened over the last 50 or 60 years that that's created the gap. Um, but, it, but there's also a lot of similarities or at least foundational things. You know, I, I, I might not necessarily like rap music, for instance, but it, it does have at least some of its roots in the same kind of music like rock music that I like. So it's not completely foreign. Rock was so different from the established music, for instance, of like say the forties with the big bands. I mean, it was completely different. the the way the The way the artists dressed, the way they 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 handled themselves, the way they portrayed themselves, and then the in the beat and the music, it was so different that it was just a, a major culture shock. There's still culture shocks now, but many of of what's happening now are are reiterations of the past, just given uh, a more contemporary take on them. But there was some major innovation, some major changes going on in the '50s and '60s that created a, a not even a, a gap. It was a it was a it was a canyon. It was a generation canyon. Now there might be a generation gap, but there used to be a generation canyon. And uh, and so you know you you always want to stay at least re- you know relevant to some extent, but at the same time. I think it's also important to to realize, you know, where you stand in this. You know, there's there's some things that they're they're just not that are meant for young people. I remember, you know, I mean, you know, I I, I personally don't think I belong, you know, at a Cardi B concert or a Kanye West concert. When I was at a concert in my twenties, and I saw somebody there who was in their forties, or God forbid, their fifties. I would look at them saying, what the heck are you doing here? Get the hell out of here. We don't want you here. This is our thing. Now, that person might have said, well, hey, I like this music, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm moved by this music. I really like this. More power to you, but, I, but I, I didn't look at that person as, wow, that person's cool. They're into this. I was like, hey, you are crashing my parade. You're crashing my party. And so... Uh, you know, go listen to it at home if you want, but don't come here. You know, this is my music. This is my generation, right? My generation. So I understand that. So as as now I'm in my fifties, I I realize that that there's some areas I shouldn't. I I don't belong at some of these night. You know, if I'm at a at some kind of a nightclub, the people in their in their early twenties they see me. They're like, hey, I don't want my grandpa here or my mom and dad here. Go somewhere else. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. 
And I'm not. I'm, that's not a way to say, oh wow, you're wow, you know, you're you're just uh, letting go. And you know, no, I'm I'm letting the young people have their time just like I wanted it. I was selfish and I wanted my time with my peers, enjoying what we liked. So I don't have any problems acquiescing and saying to that group, that's your music. You know what? That music is written for you. It's written by you. It's written for you. It's not written for me. Maybe that's why I don't get it. So I don't have any problems with that. But I think, but, but also then, the byproduct of that is that if you don't stay relevant to that, then you start to lose touch. Now, there was a point, I remember even in my, in my late 30s, early 40s, where I was trying to listen to some of the, the, the emerging music, especially grunge. It just was not my scene. And I started to, and I was reading all about these, oh, this album was great and this band was great. And I'd buy the album. And I'm like, okay, I'm not hearing it. I'm not getting it. And it took me a few years after that. And I finally realized, you know what? I'm just going to be happy with what I like and enjoy what I like and not worry what everyone else is into. If I'm, and I'm certainly, I'm going to keep my eye on it and I'm still going to, 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 to be open to it. But if it doesn't, uh, you know, get me, I'm not going to pretend like it does. I'm not going to, to just do it to stay cool. If I really like something, even though it's new, then that's fine. But I wanted to be more true to myself than just be one of the people in the crowd. But so as I have, uh, as I said, I, over the last say 20 years, I would definitely say that music, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't know a lot of the new music, or many of the over the last twenty years, and some of the bands. Uh, I really, I, I think I may have talked about this. I got so depressed trying to watch this show called Name That Tune, a, a reboot of the show Name That Tune, because you know they were talking about some songs that you know the contestants on the show were in their twenties and thirties, and they were playing these songs. And I mean, I used to be, I used to be awesome at Name That Tune. You name it. Oh my God! First two notes, boom! I I knew the title, the song, the the. You know, the, the, the singer, the writer, you name it. And now I was watching the show after 10 minutes. I said, I can't watch this show anymore. I don't know any of these songs. And the songs that I do know were considered oldies, classics. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not classics. That's my stuff. So there is like a, uh, you know, uh, there is a, a transition that you have to get used to. Uh, and same thing with movies. I'm not into superhero movies. I'm not into fantasy movies. Well, if that, if I'm not into that, for the last 20 years, that's that's at least at least if not 15, but certainly close to 20, and going back to the original Batman movie, which I did like. I really I did like the Michael Keaton Batman movie in 1989. But now in the last 15 or 20 years, my gosh, with the Iron Man and the whole Marvel and the DC and all this stuff and the computer graphics. That have changed things, and so there's all these, and then you know, Lord of the Rings and all these fantasy things. I'm not into that. I never was into that when I was a kid, and so I'm not into it now. I'm not into car crashes. I'm not into explosions. So all these CGI movies, they're they're not my cup of tea. And so I once again, I'm I don't I don't know a lot of those films. I know the titles. I know who's in them, but I can't I can't. Uh, tell you certain scenes or dialogue. So there's a lot of references now that I am missing that I used to completely be on top of when there were references to movies and songs because that was my 
that was my sweet spot. But now I know there are some areas that I do not have that expertise that I used to. I still have the knowledge and I have retained all that previous information that I've always had. And I've certainly continued to add to it to some extent, but not with the, with the, the, the pure data download. So I, I readily admit that there are major gaps and major holes and major voids in my pop culture knowledge now more than ever i i and but at the same time i i also went back many years and have knowledge of things long before i was around too so i know about movies and from the 20s and tv shows uh from the early 40s and 50s and radio shows i know a lot about that leading all the way up but i have to say i I would probably say that by the early by the early 2000s I was kind of shutting off. I was I was picking and choosing what I liked and what I watched and what I listened to rather than just always taking it all in like I used to. It used to just be one giant whatever was happening was in was on my radar screen. And I think I think that's a part about growing older and being mature is that you you become more selective. When you're younger, you just take everything in. The world is just there for your taking. And I think as you get older, you start to you with with the 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 um advantage of 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 experience and of wisdom and of knowing what you like, you start to get a little more discerning. You don't take it all in. I still when I'm when I'm into something, I'm into it full i jump all and and i'm still that way always have been so if there's a new movie or there's a new song or there's a new tv show and i like it i will be immersed in it i mean i remember when twin peaks came out oh my gosh that thing rattled me so much and i just was so engrossed in twin peaks and there's the same thing there are still some movies and tv shows that will come around that i am just like okay I talked about a few episodes, you know, a few podcasts before about uh, when the Sopranos were on, uh, you know, only fourteen years ago. But wow, when that show came on, wow, that I was completely immersed in that when it was on, and I still remember quite a bit about it. Um, but as I said, as the, as the last ten or fifteen years, I certainly have been a lot more selective, a lot more discerning. I still am, I'm still am bringing in new information and, and, and getting new experiences, but just not on the massive scale of pure data and stuff of everything that's going on before everything that happened, I had a finger on and now I'm a little more discerning and I don't have any problem with that. So certainly I'm probably not the expert that I once was the guru that I once was, at least in terms of contemporary, but I will still put my knowledge and in passion, um, for the stuff that I do know from, you know, from say, you know, the early two thousands and and before that, I'll put my musical knowledge and and movie knowledge and theater knowledge up against anybody's. I'm pretty confident on that. Which brings me to what I really wanted to talk about. So here I am at this point in my life. Considered, I still consider myself a, a, a good trivia expert. I still consider myself someone you would want on their team. But I, at the same time, I will readily admit that, the, that there are gaps in my, my knowledge. And so I, whereas at one time, 
you know, I could, I, I could be the master at everything. Now I would say, okay, you want me on your team, but you certainly want somebody in your, who's really good at trivia in their 30s and 40s on our team too because they're going to be able to fill in those gaps of the last 20 years, that, that, and there's going to be questions about that. If there are, I'm not going to know them. I will know. I will. I will recognize what the question is. I certainly will know about the question and about the general knowledge of it. But when it terms, if if the if the question is very detailed or very specific, I probably will not because I have not been gorging on this type this these on everything like I used to. And. Uh, I've noticed this, and it it really hit me recently, a couple of weeks ago, because I did go to an event, which was a trivia night event. Now, I've been going to this event held by a charity for probably the last at least 10 years, 11 years, at least, and Always, our t- our team, uh, and th- and we wound up getting a small little group that that kind of that was formed by accident. There were there were friends and acquaintances that we had known, and we sat at the same table with them a few times, and we did well enough that then, okay, you guys all, we're going to come back next year, or going to you know, the next time, yeah, yeah. So then we became this quasi team. It's not a thing that we would do every weekend at at a bar or someplace. It was like a once a year thing. But we 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 did well enough. We always were in the top two or three of the of the of the night, or we we won it several times. So we were we had fun. There were people that would fill in each other's gaps that in the different um, they they were knowledgeable. We were all around the same age, and we all had our strengths, and so and we did well. But I've noticed over the last three or four or five years. Well, we did well. We weren't dominating like we used to. And it was clear as time went on, I could see why. Because now, 10 years ago, and before that, as I said, when Trivial Pursuit first started, back in the 80s, the questions were all in my sweet spot. Every question was in my sweet spot. There wasn't a topic that I didn't know a ton about with great detail. And I had this lightning fast recollection and comprehension. So, you know, you could throw anything at me and I was good at it. And I had all those, those, those categories covered. But I've noticed now, once again, as I get older and I get more discerning as to what I am going to put my attentions to and what I'm going to get really involved in and what I'm going to decide is not my cup of tea. And so it's not on my radar screen at all. And I know nothing about it becomes a black spot. Suddenly it becomes a void. And I noticed as we were starting to play these games, as I said, everybody in our group was around the same age. So we all had the same, exposed to the same thing and the same life experiences. And you know, we were part of the same pop culture eras. But now they were asking questions of things that were popular and were happening, say, in the last 25 years. And I was not as attuned to those because they all weren't my cup of tea. 
So, for instance, you know, hey, I, I certainly watched Friends, and I'm aware of Friends, right? Let's just use that as a, as a, um, as kind of a, a topic because it really, it really does define a certain, you know, age and, and era. Now, when Friends was on in the mid '90s, I was certainly you know, still in the, in the, in the middle of the pop culture, you know, era there, right. Of that time. But the people on friends, the main characters were a few years younger than me, not many, but just a few, but enough where, you know, I mean, usually, you know, you, you always, when you're, when you're a kid, you look up to, your idols are usually older than you. The people that you admire are, 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 are many times not younger than you, right? They're older than you because you, you aspire to be them, to become them. And when you hit a certain age in your 30s and 40s, there will now be people younger than you, as I said before, that are, that are now driving the train. And so that, there's a little conflict there because it's, it's hard, at least for me, to aspire to be somebody younger than me it it seems to be it seems to be contradictory so i enjoyed friends for instance but i didn't watch them religiously i wa- and i even even now in the in the you know how many years has the show been off the air even in reruns i don't watch friends if there if there's if there's an episode of friends or there's an episode of The Office, or there's an episode of Seinfeld, I will watch Seinfeld or The Office, or even Modern Family. I won't watch Friends. But there's a certain group, especially people in their 30s, don't forget, in the 90s, those people were somebody that they could aspire to be. They were in their teens looking at people in their 30s going, oh, they're cool. I wish I was like them, just like when I looked at people when I was in my teens, early 20s, at people in their late 20s or early 30s going, well, I wish I was like them. So as I said before, now there's, there's, I started to get discerning. I wasn't just taking it all in. So now when there are these trivia contests, majority of the people who are involved in these trivia nights or these trivia games at bars and stuff are all in their 30s and 40s. So naturally, a lot of the questions are aimed at that age group. So much so that when I was at this last um, trivia night, I would say the majority of the questions were aimed at people in their 30s and 40s. Now, as I said, I have a general knowledge of this. I'm not completely in the dark. I still I still stay active and and read up and know what's going on, but I I I wouldn't know the the detail if you drill down into some of these things in some of these movies or some of these songs or some of these albums or some of these TV shows. I wouldn't know them with the type of minutia detail that i do know things like about seinfeld or about the honeymooners or dick van dyke or or the odd couple or shows from the 80s and things like that so i'm sitting here going okay 
So they'll say, for instance, oh, on sex in the city. Okay, yes, I certainly know about sex in the city, right? And I know the four women and and some of the side characters, but I never really watched the show. I tried to watch it when it was first on. It was not my cup of tea. And so I, 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 I could probably count on one hand the episodes of Sex in the City that I've watched. However, if you're in your 30s or 40s or, or early 50s at this point now, that was your show. That that was the show that you watched. That was your defining kind of generational show. You aspired to be like those people or like the people on Friends. Uh, or you watched Beverly Hills 90210 if you were a teenager. Why would I watch Beverly Hills 90210? Why would I? Now, the funny thing is, even when I was in my 30s, I, out of just pure boredom on a Saturday morning, I, I, I did used to watch Saved by the Bell. <laughs> so I actually do know a little more, a little about Zach and all those people. But those weren't my shows. I wasn't watching them because I was so, you know, way into them or aspired to be Zach. <laughs> but now if you're at a trivia night, at a bar or even with an, an organization like this, most likely the, the people that are putting these questions together are probably in their 30s or 40s, and they are coming up with questions that they believe are relevant or that people that, that they think everybody knows this because you're always we're all so self-absorbed that we think whatever we know and what we like is the best. And so now this generation... You know, the millennials and, you know, little of Generation X even too are exerting their power with their age and their numbers, right? Now, the baby boomer generation is kind of cast aside. I've always said, uh, I was born right, I'm on the fringe of generation, of the baby boomer generation and Generation X. So I don't know where I fit, you know? And so I, 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 I am, I'm, I'm Generation X in some ways, but I'm not. And I'm baby boomer and the other, but I'm not a baby boomer. I was not born five or ten years, even ten years after you know World War II. So I don't consider myself having much in common with someone who's 75 or 80. That's a real baby boomer. If you were born in the late 40s or early 50s, that's a baby boomer. They, they, they do it conveniently in order to have this 25-year gap, but they extend the baby boomer generation far too far after World War II. And so, like I said, I'm right on the cusp. I, I, I don't know where I fit, which might explain a lot, right? <laughs> but um, so I've noticed over the last couple of years that we've done okay. We've done well. We still do well, but we don't, we're not as dominant because there are some gaps now in our collective knowledge of the more recent things. Like, for instance, there was an album... There was a question the other couple nights, a couple weeks ago, about an album called College Dropout, right? Okay, I don't know who that's by. I had no idea. He said 2004 it came out, right? Okay, 2004. I mean that, you know that that's that's way past my bedtime in terms of of staying. You know, you know that's even though it's 15 years ago. 17 years ago, but like I said, I was being discerning at that by that time. Now, somebody in their 20s and 30s would, would know this in a second, just like I knew the Beatles made Sgt. Pepper, 
right? Or that Led Zeppelin had Houses of the Holy, or Elton John had Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, or Bruce Springsteen had Born to Run, right? Somebody would know, oh, college dropout, that's blank. Well, no one at our table had a clue. And, and the answer was Kanye West. Now, yeah, Kanye West, whether you like him or not, is a major part of the pop culture, right? I mean, not only was he a successful recording artist, for better or worse, once again, I'm not talking about whether you like his music or not, but you can't deny his popularity. And then his place in pop culture, having married Kim Kardashian and that whole thing and, you know, and all his other craziness in his life. So he's definitely a major pop culture figure. But in, so I know who he is, and I'm a little aware of his. I mean, I just gave you a, a quick little kind of Cliff Notes uh, background on Kanye West. But when it comes down to digging down, as I said before, digging down into the details of Kanye West, no, no, I, 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 I plead ignorance. So that was the answer college dropout. That should have been a gimme, and probably for many of the groups in, at the trivia night, it was. But for our table, we didn't have a chance. And I realized as the, the questions went on and the night went on that I was like, you know that there's going to be questions about stuff in the late 80s or 90s or in the 2000s. And now those 20 years, 25 years are kind of, a, of, a, of there are some gaps. I, 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 they're not completely, I'm not ignorant on everything that happened. But as I said, I wouldn't have the, the detailed knowledge of a lot of those things. And I did, we did get some of those questions right of things that happened, especially in the 90s. Because I said, I'm, I'm, I didn't completely shut it out. But I certainly don't have, they, but we were wondering, whereas so some questions is like, okay, Blah, 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 blah. I, there's not even a question about it. I know it like I know my last name. So I realized, wow, you know, while I my whole life I have been in my mind and to others, you know, this trivia expert, I was like, you know, either I have to do a lot of my own homework to brush up on the last 20 years which easily can be done, especially in today's world with streaming service and everything else. If I really wanted to do this, I could. I could go back and, and find out all the popular movies and TV shows of the last 20 years, and I could probably watch and watch them all and gain that knowledge and fill in those gaps. Or I could just say, you know what? Uh, I don't really need to take that time and fill those gaps in and if i go to a trivia thing i'm going to make sure i bring somebody in my 30s or in their 30s and 40s to fill in those gaps i and so i'm really kind of at a crossroads here i'm deciding this do i do i put in that time and effort you know i know that i've been you know i i did a lot of this out of maybe my own self-interest and my own kind of snobbiness to say oh well that stuff isn't good and it's dumb and i don't need to know it but now i'm realizing well, I didn't need to know it. I used to know it. And so I guess I do have a need to know it. When it comes to being this trivia person who I thought I was, because now I am, but you know, with an asterisk next to it. There never used to be an asterisk in my trivia knowledge. But now there is. So my I have a I have a you know kind of little dilemma here. Do I 
embark on a crash course of pop culture trivia of the last 20 years, which I probably will not enjoy. See, you have to understand, too, the part of this, all this knowledge that I amassed over the last, for the first 35 or 40 years of my life, all that knowledge, all that, prop, that pop trivia knowledge that I amassed, it took no effort. It took no effort. It was based on my own interest, my own passion for it. I sought it out. It affected me. It drew me in. I I exerted no effort to amass that passion or amass that information. It flowed, and I just had my arms wide open and brought it all in. I did not seek it out. It it engulfed me and I and I happily was surrounded and and drowning in it. And I took it all in and because of my memory and, and my passion for it, it it stuck with me and influenced me in many ways. But now I realize that if I'm going to go back at the last 20 years, it's going to be an effort. There was a reason that I don't know this, a lot of this stuff. It's because I chose not to. I didn't have the interest. I didn't have the passion for it. It didn't speak to me. It didn't move me. And that's why I didn't pay attention to it, and I didn't absorb it, and I ignored it. It's why I have this trivia gap now. So I have to I also have to figure out do A do I want to fill my trivia gap? B will I be able to because will I be able to learn it and enjoy it and in be engulfed by it and retain it? If I don't really like it, as I said before, I knew all this stuff because it was stuff I liked. I was passionate about it. It moved me. If I go to fill my trivia gap, is it going to be like a school assignment? Am I doing it because I have to or because I want to? We all know that we do much better when we pursue anything that we want to do or what we like than if we are forced to do something. And so here I sort of stand at the at the crossroads of do I want to retain my my trivia expert status with no asterisks, no asterisks, no no gaps, no caveats. Or do I Am I happy with what I know and, and, and when I know and what I know about it and where it begins and where it stops? And am I happy with that? Because what I have to realize then is I, I will need help on the other stuff from other people, which I've never needed before. And I also have to realize that if I go to these trivia nights, I can't walk in like the Grand Poobah. Like, oh, give me a question, I'll give you an answer. Like I used to do 15 years ago or 20 years ago. 
because I know walking in, if they ask certain questions about things in the 90s or the early 2000s or certainly in the 20s, in the, in the, in the, in the 10s, and now the 20s, there's some things I, yes, I know about, but I don't know the details. So I can't confidently say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll win the trivia. We used to say that all the time. Now, to our credit, uh, I think there were 10 tables at this event that we went to, and we were in fourth place. And only, and we actually, and I think we could have wound up being in second place because there were f- at least five questions that we changed, that we had the right answer, but we weren't completely sure. And we second guessed ourselves and we changed them. And we had the right answer, but we changed it and it was wrong. If we have stuck with our gut, we would have been in second place. We couldn't have won it. The, 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 we wouldn't have had enough. With, with, with the score that we had, even if we had added the extra five questions, they were still ahead of us. But we would have come in second, so that's not bad. But certainly there were some questions that we had no idea about. They happened in the last five years, in the last 10, or even the last 15, and we just looked at each other. Like I said, college dropout album, no idea. Someone else would say, what do you mean? You don't know that? And I would, and believe me, I said, person would say, well, what do you mean? You, you don't know that the Beatles made Sergeant Pepper? I mean, I would, I would look at someone in their 20s, and if they don't know what I know, I would think, oh, my God, how out of it are you? But then they could throw me a question about Cardi B or Little Thug or, uh, you know, Biance, and I don't know what the heck they're talking about either. So they can look at me the same way I looked at, at them. So they've got, they definitely have a trivia gap as well, but they're, they're steering the ship right now. So they don't, their, their trivia gap of what happened in the 50s and 60s and 70s or 80s doesn't even come up to them. It's not even on their radar screen. That's not being talked about. But what is being talked about, what's happened in the last you know, 15 years or so, and that's not on my radar screen. So I've got that, that past knowledge, and so my question is, do I put the effort in to learn, and if I put the effort in, will it be an effort? Will I really retain it? I, I talk about my reading comprehension, but I wonder if I neglected it or ignored it the first time because I didn't think it was my cup of tea, what makes me think that now doing a crash course on it to fill my gap, I'm going to retain it because I know that the reason that I know this previous information and has retained it is because it was based not just on learning it because I had to, it was because I learned it because I wanted to, because it was around me and I gorged on it. So I don't know, to be honest with you, what I'm going to do move forward. It's not, this is, believe me, this is not earth-shattering stuff, but it is kind of a, another one of these moments when you, you realize who you are, what you are, and what you want to be, and you know you're, you're, you're the aging process. I wouldn't have, 30 years ago, I wouldn't have had to even thought about this. It wouldn't even have come up because I would have had that knowledge because I'm immersed in it. I immersed myself in it because it, it changed me and moved me and influenced me. But now there's a, there's there's a new generation that's 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 riding the train, or that's steering the train, and I'm on the train. 
And I'm happy to be on the train, but I don't know if I'm always looking out the window and absorbing everything. And the question is, do I really feel the need to fill that gap or is it just, you know what, that's the circle of life? Yes, I do know the words to Simon and Garfunkel's Sound of Silence, but I don't know the words to put a ring on it. I think that's the Beyonce song. Or I don't know Kanye West song. Or I don't know, you know, uh, Cardi B and Justin Bieber and, and even Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Those names are all people that in their 30s and 40s and, you know, early, you know, that, that, that's what, that, those are the people that they grew up listening to. That stuff is now considered the, just the way the Beatles music was. That that and, and Bob Dylan and you know the Stones that influenced a generation. Well, now, for better or worse, and I would say worse, but once again, I'm showing my age. It's the Justin Timberlakes and the Britney Spears and the Beastie Boys and you know Christina Aguilera and Beyonce and all these other people over the last fifteen to twenty years that were moving the pop culture, uh, you know, that were steering the, the train that I wasn't interested in. I thought that's, that's below me. That's terrible. I'm not going to get into that. Well, now that is prominent. Knowing about Britney Spears is cool. Not knowing about the Beatles or the Stones is cool anymore. You're just an old guy. <laughs> So I have to decide whether I'm going to accept my fate as a trivia expert with gaps or if I'm going to see what I can do to fill in those gaps. I don't know. But all the time, you always have to remember that time is moving on and that, you know what? What you think is cool and what was once cool never lasts long. There's always somebody nipping at your heels. There's always a new generation waiting to take their place. And you know what? They deserve to. And more power to them. But I always think the coolest people are the people who are true to themselves. And that's what makes you cool. Not going along with the crowd, but going along with yourself. So maybe I already asked my, I already answered my question. Maybe I'm just going to be a trivia expert with an asterisk. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Don't forget every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com. Or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast, we are there. And don't forget, spread the word, tell your friends, tell your family, send them a link, send them a message that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 283. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen.
And that's a trivia reference right there. <laughs>